The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we're going to be discussing Veritaserum, an incredibly powerful and, I feel, underutilized potion that forces individuals to reveal the truth. It is Veritaserum, a truth potion so powerful that three drops would have you spilling your innermost secrets for this entire class to hear. Now, the use of this potion is controlled by very strict ministry guidelines, but unless you watch your step, you might just find that my hand slips right over your evening pumpkin juice, and then Potter, then we'll find out whether you've been in my office or not. Besides maybe Felix Felicis, Polyjuice Potion, and Amortentia, I feel as though Veritaserum, aka Truth Serum, is one of the most powerful potions in the entire wizarding world. And given this fact, I can't help but notice that it's ludicrously underutilized, at least in the series. In fact, the list of times that it's actually used in the story is exceedingly short. These moments include giving it to Barty Crouch Jr. after discovering that he was disguised as Dada Professor Mad-Eye Moody, and Rita Skeeter using it on Batilda Backshot while interviewing her for Albus Dumbledore's biography. There were, of course, other times that it was mentioned, like when Dolores Umbridge used a fake potion made by Snape on Harry Potter that he only pretended to drink, but on the whole, it's not even talked about that much, and I feel like it could bring about a whole lot of clarity, especially in the context of convicting criminals. In the Death Eater trials, for example, Igor Karkaroff was pardoned by the Wizengamot after giving up the names of some of his co-conspirators. Why not just feed him Truth Serum? In today's video, we'll be discussing why Veritaserum isn't more actively used by the Ministry of Magic. We'll also be discussing use cases from the story in which Veritaserum could have proven to be extremely useful, potentially saving lives in the process. Let's dive in. Legal Limitations While the lack of Truth Serum's use outside of the Wizarding Courts makes considerably less sense, it's important to remember that there are significant legal limitations when it comes to its admissibility as evidence in Wizarding Courts. Unlike Muggle legal systems, the Wizarding world lacks explicit laws and regulations specifically addressing the use of truth potions like Veritaserum. The absence of clear guidelines regarding its admissibility creates uncertainty and raises concerns about the reliability of using Veritaserum as evidence. Additionally, proving the authenticity and reliability of Veritaserum-induced statements can be challenging. Skepticism may arise regarding the accuracy of the extracted information, as there is no foolproof method to determine if someone's responses are influenced solely by Veritaserum or if they are crafting elaborate lies mixed with some truths. Furthermore, in the pursuit of justice, it is vital to preserve the legal rights of the accused. The usage of Veritaserum can potentially infringe upon these rights, including the right to a fair trial and the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. Forcing individuals to divulge their secrets or compel them to answer specific questions removes their agency and undermines the principle of fair and impartial judgment. It's entirely possible that the use of Veritaserum may lead to coerced confessions violating the rights of individuals who may be innocent. Coercion can occur through manipulation, intimidation, or other forms of duress, creating a situation where the truth may be revealed, but justice is not necessarily served. 
The limitations surrounding Veritaserum in the Wizarding World actually bear striking similarities to the usage of lie detectors or polygraph tests in muggle courts. Lie detectors also aim to ascertain the truthfulness of individuals by analyzing physiological responses such as changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and skin conductivity. However, lie detectors are not widely accepted as admissible evidence in muggle courts, and their usage is highly controversial. Yes, truth serum is more powerful and possibly slightly more reliable, but it still has its issues. One parallel between Veritaserum and lie detectors lies in their lack of scientific reliability. While Veritaserum is a powerful potion that compels individuals to speak the truth, there is no foolproof method to determine if the information extracted is entirely accurate or influenced by external factors. Similarly, lie detectors have been criticized for their inability to definitively detect deception, as the physiological responses monitored can be influenced by a variety of factors, including anxiety, stress, or personal beliefs. Both Veritaserum and lie detectors face admissibility challenges in their respective legal systems. There is a need for clear legal guidelines and standardization on the use of these truth-revealing methods, which currently lack comprehensive regulation in both muggle and wizarding legal systems. Practical Challenges While Veritaserum's truth-inducing properties make it an enticing tool for uncovering the truth, there are several other practical factors to consider when analyzing its lack of widespread usage within the wizarding world. The first is dosage and administration. Veritaserum requires precise dosage and administration to ensure its effectiveness without causing harm to the subject. Administering the potion incorrectly or in excessive amounts can have adverse effects on the individual's physical and mental well-being. This necessitates trained and skilled professionals for the proper use of Veritaserum, adding an additional layer of complexity to its implementation. The next is resistance. It's entirely possible that some individuals may develop resistance to the effects of Veritaserum, thereby limiting its reliability. Some wizards and witches with exceptional mental fortitude or training may possess the ability to resist the potion's truth-inducing effects, rendering it ineffective against them. I would imagine that a trained Occlumens, who has mastered their own mind and thoughts, may be able to resist the potion's effects. Another large aspect that I've overlooked so far is that there is actually a counter-potion or antidote to Veritaserum, rendering the influence of Veritaserum ineffective. Such a potion was known to be carried by Horace Slughorn. You don't need me, you could use Legilimency or Veritaserum. Professor Slughorn is an extremely able wizard who will be expecting both. He is much more accomplished at Occlumency than poor Morphin Gaunt, and I would be astonished if he has not carried an antidote to Veritaserum with him ever since I coerced him into giving me this travesty of a recollection. Lastly, misuse must be considered. Its potent truth-inducing effects make it a target for those seeking to exploit it for personal gain or manipulate others. And it's this potential for abuse that reinforces the need for strict regulation and control over the distribution and use of Veritaserum. All of the challenges above adequately highlight the complexities involved in utilizing Veritaserum effectively and responsibly, and thus contribute to the Ministry of Magic's limited reliance on this truth-inducing potion in various practical scenarios. I'm sure there are also a whole bunch more that I haven't considered. Potential use cases in the series Besides the overarching topic of why the Ministry doesn't employ Veritaserum in trials, I also want to take a look at all of the controversial times where something like Truth Serum could have perceived importance. 
taking a closer look at why or why not Truth Serum may have worked. Voldemort's Return In the Harry Potter story, Harry is given a number of nicknames, good and bad, but among the worst was The Boy Who Lies, a nickname he earned after shouting from the rooftops that Voldemort had indeed returned. However, no one listened to poor Harry, the main reason being fear, particularly on the part of Cornelius Fudge. In order to cope, many found it easier to deny or ignore the reality of Voldemort's return out of fear for their own safety or a desire to maintain a sense of normalcy. Minister for Magic, Cornelius Fudge, was one of these people, and he had no hesitation in publicly demonizing Harry and publishing all sorts of propaganda in the Daily Prophet to discredit him. One could argue that this would have been a perfect time to use Veritaserum, effectively eliminating any doubt in the minds of the Ministry. However, here's the thing, I don't think it would have mattered. The evidence pointing towards Voldemort's return was already pretty much incontrovertible, and Fudge still chose to ignore it. He was simply too entrenched in fear to accept Voldemort's return as a possibility. The only thing that would work to convince Fudge otherwise would be to stare Voldemort straight in the face, which he later did. Clearing Sirius Black's name One of the big tragedies in the Harry Potter story was Sirius Black's wrongful imprisonment in Azkaban, forcing him to endure an unimaginable 12 years in the torturous island fortress. He was ultimately charged with murdering Peter Pettigrew, 12 innocent muggles, and for serving Lord Voldemort. On the surface, it feels like Veritaserum could have been easily used to prove Sirius Black's innocence. In this instance, he could have explained that Pettigrew was alive and that he had framed Sirius. The only problem was, all of the evidence was acting against him. He also never acted like an innocent man. Upon being first discovered, Sirius was found hysterically laughing. We now know that this was due to his inability to process the grief he was overcome by, but outwardly it gave ministry officials and others the impression that he was just insane and happy with what he had just done. A crater in the middle of the street, so deep it had cracked the sewer below, bodies everywhere, muggles screaming, and Black standing there laughing, with what was left of Pettigrew in front of him. Sirius also never defends his innocence, and once again, this is likely due to the fact that he was still processing the atrocities that had occurred right in front of him. His best friends had just been murdered, and he was being blamed, so he clearly had a lot to process. Furthermore, Dumbledore himself did not believe Sirius's innocence. There is not a shred of proof to support Black's story, except your word, and the word of two 13-year-old wizards will not convince anybody. A street full of eyewitnesses swore they saw Sirius murder Pettigrew. I myself gave evidence to the Ministry that Sirius had been the Potter's secret keeper. In this instance, the seemingly undeniable evidence against Sirius negated any need for a proper trial, let alone the use of Veritaserum. Questioning Snape's loyalty One use case that I couldn't help but consider pertains to Snape and Voldemort. For the duration of the story, Snape was a double agent, and both sides felt that they had an ally. However, given his history, it's surprising that neither side would think to enlist Veritaserum. It just feels like the obvious way to ensure that someone is being truthful with you, especially when they've flip-flopped between allegiances in the past. Voldemort should have used it on Snape. Here's the thing though, I don't think that Voldemort would ever use something like Veritaserum because of his pride. Voldemort thought himself the most powerful dark wizard in all the land, which came with considerable pride and arrogance. He was a master legilimens, a master of the mind, and to him, it may not have even been a consideration that someone could elude his suspicions. 
In this respect, his arrogance may have once again gotten the better of him. Alternatively, Voldemort may have recognized that Veritaserum would be ineffective on Snape, a master occlumens. He also had no real reason to question him. Rowling's answer. In addition to all of the information presented above, I've also decided to include an excerpt from an interview with JK Rowling where she discusses the properties of Veritaserum and why it wasn't used more. Veritaserum plays a big part in finding out the truth from Mad-Eye Moody in book four. Why then is it not used, for example, in the trials mentioned in the same book? It would be much easier in solving problems like whether Sirius Black was guilty or not. Veritaserum works best upon the unsuspecting, the vulnerable, and those insufficiently skilled in one way or another to protect themselves against it. Barty Crouch had been attacked before the potion was given to him and was still very groggy. Otherwise, he could have employed a range of measures against the potion. He might have sealed his own throat and faked a declaration of innocence, transformed the potion into something else before it touched his lips, or employed occlumency against its effects. In other words, just like every other kind of magic within the books, Veritaserum is not infallible. As some wizards can prevent themselves being affected and others cannot, it is an unfair and unreliable tool to use at a trial. Sirius might have volunteered to take the potion had he been given the chance, but he was never offered it. Mr. Crouch Sr., power mad and increasingly unjust in the way he was treating suspects, threw him into Azkaban on the admittedly rather convincing testimony of many eyewitnesses. The sad fact is that even if Sirius had told the truth under the influence of the potion, Mr. Crouch could still have insisted that he was using trickery to render himself immune to it. And there you have it, every explanation for why Veritaserum is not heavily utilized in the wizarding world. As always, if you enjoy the content, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.